Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. I am your host, James Murphy, a.k.a. Murph. And thank you so much for clicking on this video if you're watching on YouTube. Or thank you so much for downloading, listening, and enjoying if you're listening to this on audio-only platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts. Anywhere you can find your podcast, you can find Murph's Boston Sports Talk. So thank you so much for listening to today's episode episode number 161. We have a very sensitive topic to dive into, and we also have a very heater topic to dive into as well. So just to preface, you guys already know my stance on the Patriots 2022 season, expectations, chances, all that good stuff. However, oh man, it's it's looking rough now, especially with the whole Mac Jones injury, which you guys all know about and such. Brian Hoyer could be starting Mac Jones said, don't count him out for this week. I'm going to count him out. He shouldn't play. I'm just going to be straight up with you guys. But before we dive into that topic, because that's a, a discussion in and of itself, and you hear a bunch of clicking, I'm you know, trying to pull up the Pat schedule real quick. But before we talk about that, can we talk about the Tua Tungabiola situation that's been happening with the Dolphins in the NFL? I mean, this is unbelievable what is going on I mean for those who haven't seen all the hit that Tua took on Sunday and how he was jiggling and wobbling and surfing trying to stand up and he falls it's like how is a guy like that able to play the following week I don't understand how a guy like that is able to play in an NFL game the following week let alone it's on Thursday night. 
So you have Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. You have three full days to try to to recover, rebound, get yourself ready to rock and roll. If it was Sunday to Sunday, okay, different story. But Sunday to Thursday, yikes. So Thursday night football uh, was last night, and what was the, what ended up being the final score? NFL schedule. Uh, the final score ended up being checking twenty-seven to fifteen Bengals over the Dolphins, and Tua got knocked out in the second quarter. So I do want to read an article from Bleacher Report written by Tim Daniels. Injured t- Dolphins quarterback Tua Tagovailoa in good spirits after leaving hospital. I just want to now. He got hit in the second quarter, left the game, and it was scary. He got hit hard. He didn't. Look, he got carted off. It just didn't look good. His hands were kind of uh, uncontrollably kind of like spazzed out after like, you know, your body goes through an, a crazy amount of shock. Again, do we put the blame on Tua here? Do we put it on the Dolphins? Do we put it on the NFL? Let me dive into the article first, and let's just kind of pick it apart. Miami Dolphins quarterback Tua Tungavaiola was stretchered off the field with a head and neck injury during the second quarter of Thursday's game against the Cincinnati Bengals after taking a sack, the team announced. Tua, Tua was conscious with movement in all extremities and transported to the University of Cincinnati Medical Center for further evaluation. Shortly after the game ended, the Dolphins announced Tua would be released from the hospital and fly home with the team. Uh, this is from Jeremy Fowler of ESPN. He tweeted, Tua is now in is now at his home in South Florida was in quote good spirits upon landing with the team per source. MRI to come, possibly second opinion. Initial test showed no structural damage. All good signs so far. Uh, Josina Anderson tweeted, I'm told Dolphins quarterback Tua Tungaviola traveled back with team in a neck brace. All initial scans were negative, nothing broken. We'll have MRI when he gets back per a league source. I'm sure Tua was con- uh, comforted by having family at the game and at the hospital. Uh, head coach Mike McDaniels later told reporters Tua was diagnosed with a concussion. Uh, Mike McDaniel on Tua's head injury, quote, That was a scary moment. He was evaluated for a concussion and is in concussion protocol. That was an emotional moment. The 2020 first-round pick is in the midst of a breakout season highlighted by a six-touchdown performance against the Baltimore Ravens in Week 2. He entered Thursday ranked in ESPN's ESPN's total QBR 82.8 after rating 18th in that metric last year. Uh, Tag of Viola. Tunga Viola suffered back and ankle injuries during the Dolphins' Week 3 win over the Buffalo Bills, and the NFL Players Association also launched an investigation to determine whether concussion protocols were properly enforced after he returned to the game following a halftime evaluation of a head injury. Now, how much? Oh, we have two more sentences left. 24 year old Hawaiian native missed four games in 2021 while recovering from a rib injury. Teddy Bridgewater will lead the Miami offense with Tua sidelined. So there's a lot to, to chew off here. There's a lot to pick because we all saw what happened on Sunday against the Bills. It just did not look right. And you may pass concussion protocols and such like that, but that doesn't mean you're ready to go. You're ready to you know get back in the game and take more hits. Now, I don't know if everyone who's listening had a concussion. I've had a concussion, so I'm just going to base it off of my experience. 
and you may be able to relate to some of mine, and you may not be able to relate to some of mine, whether you've had a concussion or not. But they're completely different. Every concussion is different. You break an arm. I can see your arm is broken. You put it back in place. You wrap it up in a cast for you know six to eight weeks. Do a little PT. You're good to go. A con- same thing: broken leg, sprained ankle. You know, let's wrap it up. Go on crutches. You know, do a little rehab. Ease your way back into it. S- same principle, right? With a concussion, though, w- one you can't see. You can't see and be like, "That's a concussion." Whereas, you know, you look at a broken arm, like, oh, that's pretty broken. Ooh, that looks pretty bruising. That's swelling up a bit. That might be a sprained ankle. There's none of that. With a concussion, you can't see it. So you have to do a lot of good tests. You have to obviously be transparent with the medical staff if you're the one, you know, if you're the, the patient in this situation. And of course, Tua is a competitor. Of course he doesn't want to have a concussion. Of course he wants to go out there and play against a divisional rival at home. And of course he's going to want to win. And if the the NFL properly did do the concussion protocol and he's back out there, then we have to look at the Miami Dolphins for allowing him to go back in. Of course, if the doctors say he's good, Tua says he's fine, and all signs point that, okay, it was a freak injury or a freak little accident, he seems to be okay. And then you put him in? I guess that's one thing. But you still have to put some blame on the Dolphins here for that. Because, of course, the play, the player, I mean, players have to- played on torn ACLs. They played with torn biceps and triceps. It's just players will push through a lot. And they don't want to be, quote-unquote, injured. So they're going to do whatever they can to play. And if the medical staff says, yeah, he can, but he shouldn't, Again, that's going to go on the Dolphins. But it's a completely different story to start this guy on Thursday, four days after this happened. Because Tua was wobbling. He couldn't even walk, stumbling to get to the sideline on Sunday. And that's okay for him to come back in. And he's okay to play on Thursday. It just does not make a lot of sense to me. I'm sorry. It's... It's puzzling. Let's put it that way. It is very puzzling. I don't know how the medical staff was okay with him going back in. I don't know how the medical staff was okay with him playing Friday. I don't understand. I mean, I can't understand the Dolphins being greedy and wanting him to play. I get that. But that's clearly not in the best interest for the team. Are you worried about one or two games? Or are you worried about you know the, a 10-year career for Tua? I mean, you got to put some blame on Tua, of course, you know, but it's a concussion. He wants to play. He doesn't seem hurt. He wants to go out and play. I'll put some blame on Tua, but if you were in that situation, you would want to go play. Right? We all would want to go play. It's just a little baffling, and I'm very intrigued to see what this, um, this NFLPA investigation finds on the situation. To see if the Dolphins properly went put Tua through concussion protocol. It'll be interesting to see what they find, what they don't find. But definitely prayers up for Tua. I mean, you guys know me. I'm an Alabama fan. Tua's obviously from Alabama. I'm very intrigued to see what happens. I'm hoping for the best, of course, as should all of us. 
we should never root for injuries in sports. You know, whether we like a guy, don't like a guy, whatever it may be. We should never root for an injury. If one happens, then so be it. But, like, I'm not trying to play, you know, the Dolphins, you know, next week or whenever, and they're not at their full strength, especially when the team is expected to be a good team, right? When the Dolphins are expected to have playoff aspirations, I'm just trying to, I don't know, put it into perception, not perception. Um, trying to put it into what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, what, what's the word I'm looking for here? I'm trying to put it into. I oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. It's gonna piss me off. I can't think about it. I can't think of the word. But you guys, you guys have an idea what I'm, what the word I'm trying to say is. So this we let's just wait. We have to wait. You know, he may be fine from Thursday to next Sunday's game. He may be fine. He may be good to go. Who knows? I don't think so. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll have to wait and see. But the Dolphins were able to beat the Bengals. I'm sorry. The Bengals were able to beat the Dolphins last night. Bang, uh, Dolphins are no longer undefeated. Bengals are now 2-2 two and two on the year with Week 4 officially underway. But let's talk about the Patriots and their quarterback issue. In their quarterback troubles, they don't look good. I'll, I'll I'll be honest, they don't look good. Whether Mac Jones is playing or Brian Hoyer is playing, they're losing on Sunday to Green Bay. That's just going to be a fact, guys. I'm sorry. Now, a lot of people at the beginning of the season said that they 11, 10, 9 win team, a playoff team. I've sat here and gone through this numerous times. And everybody thinks that they were going to be 2-2 two and two after the first four games. People think that, you know, the middle of the schedule is super soft. But I don't see that. I don't see that. Because they're going to lose to Green Bay. Detroit's a good, hard-nosed team. They're 1-2 and two this year, and both of their losses are of a combined 7 points. They're a team that can score. They have a lot of young playmakers. Of course, DeAndre Swift's health is is you know up in the air. Their defense is hungry. They have a good coach. They have a good coaching system. People are writing off the uh, the Detroit Lions because they're the Lions and they always suck, which is fair. But I would not count the the Lions out. I really wouldn't. And people think that I'm just kind of speaking on my ass on this one. They lead the league in points. Albeit, albeit it's only through a couple of weeks. But that's all we have to go off of right now is just a couple of weeks. I'm just trying to pull up uh, the spread for t- the Lions and Patriots. Now, obviously, if Mac Jones and DeAndre, Hel- DeAndre Swift are healthy, that changes things. But as of right now, that game, that Lions-Patriots game, is a goose egg for a favorite. It's not like it's plus four, minus four, you know, minus three and a half, plus six and a half, whatever. None of that. It's zero. Both sides, zero. That is even. Even. And it's home, by the way. Let's not keep, let's not forget that. It's a home game. It is as even as it gets. It's not going to be an easy game. 
yeah, I'm not going to say you're not going to win, but it's not going to be as easy as people say. Look at the Cleveland game. Cleveland's a pretty good team. They have good players. Uh, it seems like they know what they're doing. They have it, I don't want to say figured out, but they're doing a lot better than you are in a lot better position than you are. Granted, their quarterback's not going to be coming back for uh, uh, the first 11 weeks of the season. It's not going to matter. Because that Cleveland Browns team is apparently good. Chicago Bears, that's a that's a question mark of a kind of a game. Young quarterback, I mean, that could be a win. But, I mean, then again, what what so dignifyingly says that you're going to beat the, the Bears on Monday, October 24th? What so dignifiably says that you're going to win that game? Your defense, albeit I like the defense, I like the players on the team, I'm not sold. Okay, wide receiver room, definitely not sold. Running backs, I'll give you the running backs. I mean, they're a pretty solid group of running backs. Quarterback, you have no idea if you're going to have Mac Jones, and if you do, how healthy will he be? Brian Hoyer is not going to lead you to the promised land like Cooper rushes for the Dallas Cowboys. At least the Bears are relatively trending up. Promising young quarterback. Hopefully David Montgomery's healthy, but a solid running back room. Wide receivers, okay, yeah, that, that kind of blows. But they're not expected. They, they don't have the same high expectations as the Patriots do. People expect the Patriots to be in the playoffs. No one's expecting the Bears to be in the playoffs. So if they can rattle off like a 7-10 and 10 kind of a season, A, that's improvement from last year, and B, that's progress. If the Patriots go 7-10 and 10 this year, you took a massive step back. The Patriots should win that game, but it's not as easy as people think. The Jets, the following week, in New York, Zach Wilson will be healthy for a month. He'll be back for about a month. People are high on Zach Wilson. They're high on uh, Garrett Wilson. That is not going to be as easy of a game as people think just because, what, they're the Jets and they always suck? Okay, yeah, maybe they always do suck. But this year, that team's pretty solid. Got a good head coach, a hungry defense. A line that has struggled, but they've been playing well this year. Joe Flacco has led them to, what, 1-2, and two, I believe? I don't even know what their current record is. I think it's 1-2, and two, but don't quote me on that. The Vikings on Thanksgiving, who knows about that? That could be a toss-up, but again, the Vikings are a team with playoff aspirations. They got Justin Jefferson, an elite wide receiver. Thielen, a good wide receiver. Dalvin Cook, if healthy, one of the best in the game. And a defense that has some playmakers on it. I, you can't point to the Vikings and say, oh, that's a game they're going to win. Buffalo Bills the next week. You're not going to win that. It's not as soft of a schedule as people think, guys. It's not. The Lions game is a toss-up. The Browns game is a toss-up. The uh, the the Bears game is a toss-up. The Jets game is a uh, toss-up. I completely skipped the Colts game, by the way. Week 9, completely skipped the Indianapolis Colts. You're more than likely going to lose that game because they have the offensive firepower. They have a good quarterback now. That defense has been underperforming this year. But they're still they have a ton of good players. That offensive line is one of the best, if not the best, in the league. In a conference that uh division, excuse me, that supposedly sucks, but the Jaguars have been overperforming, so we'll have to wait and see where the Jaguars trend and end up come week nine and where the Colts end up. But I don't think that's an easy walk in the park kind of a game either. People are just pegging Lions win, Browns win, Bears win, Jets win, Colts win, Jets win, Vikings win. Right. What was that? Seven weeks? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven weeks. 
oh yeah, the Patriots will go five and seven in that time frame. If they go five and seven, they're still seven and seven. That's not a playoff team. Not with how deep this uh, conference is. Because teams like Miami actually have a chance to make the playoffs this year. And they have, you know, obviously with the health, considering the health of Tua, they're a potential playoff team. The Ravens obviously are. The Browns are a potential playoff team. The Jets, a potential playoff team. Especially if they take both of those games from you. Forget about any tiebreakers. Colts are a playoff team. The Bills clearly are a playoff team. The Bengals are a playoff team. The Raiders should be, but who knows? Broncos are struggling, but they might be able to perform. I just got an alert on my phone that Blake Griffin agrees to a one-year fully guaranteed deal with the Celtics. Interesting. Very, very interesting. To interrupt my podcast to tell me that Blake Griffin is signing a one-year fully guaranteed deal with the Boston Celtics. See, go on Twitter and see if there's any details about this. Blake Griffin. People are going to like that. People are going to love it or they're going to hate it. Blake Griffin. Let's see if we can get some news on it. Swoge, that's it. Blake Griffin is a Celtic. No numbers yet. Eh, I'm not surprised. Not surprised. It's a vet minimum deal. Okay. You know, it's funny that people were saying that the Celtics don't need Carmelo Anthony. And the Celtics were saying that they didn't want to explore other veteran options because they liked their depth on their team and they wanted to give that opportunity and those minutes to, what was that, Sam Hauser or Matt Ryan. If that's the case, then why did you bring uh, Danilo Gallinari in to begin with? Right? If you believed in Matt Ryan, you believed in Sam Hauser, and you liked the depth of your team, then why did you bring in Danilo Gallinari to begin with? Because he's essentially taken up those available minutes from the ninth, 10th guy on the bench. Okay, and then Gallinari goes down, and you're like, yeah, I love Matt Ryan and, and Sam Hauser. They're going to you know battle for those minutes. And now they bring, bring in Blake Griffin. Huh. Celtics, are they're, they're trying. They're, they're trying to bring in uh, veterans like Brogdon and Griffin. Obviously, they tried to do it with Gallinari. They have veterans on their own now. Marcus Smart, Al Horford, Brown, Tatum are veterans, of course. It'll be very interesting to see what that move does for the Celtics. Very, very interesting. But let me get back to the, the, the argument here. There are, like I said, at the beginning of the season, there were 12 teams that you could argue, arguably say, are a playoff team. Let me go back to um, NFL AFC Conference. I need to see the list of teams real quick, just so I can kind of, blah. <laughs> the new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit RadioBeatsBeets.com and save 15% with promo code DEAL. Hold them at your face. All right, here we go. I said there was 12 out of 16 teams, I believe, or 13 out of 16, that are arguably playoff teams. Or you could make an argument or make a case to be a playoff team, right? So far through three weeks, three-plus weeks, we know the Bills, 
I'm just going to say who's in that playoff conversation, right? The Bills. The Dolphins have emerged. The Ravens. The Bengals. The Browns are emerging. I said the Browns were going to be one if they had Deshaun Watson for the whole season, which obviously they don't, so I kind of reeled them back. But they're playing well this year, so I'll throw them in there. The Colts. The Jacksonville Jaguars have come onto the scene. They've exploded through three weeks so far. They look really good. So far, I'm at seven. The Broncos. Again, you can make an argument. They should. They could. The Chiefs, of course. The Chargers. The Raiders could, and the Raiders should. I don't know if they will, but, you know, again, you can make the argument that they can. You can make the argument for the Titans, guys. You can. You know, regardless how strong that argument is, you can still make it. The Patriots. Am I at 13 now? You could make the argument for the Jets. Maybe a year too early, but you could make that argument. You can make the argument for the Steelers. You can make an argument for every effing team in this conference except the Texans. I don't see the Steelers, especially with T.J. Watt out for some time. I don't see the Steelers being in that mix either. That's a lot of teams. That is a lot of teams. A lot of teams, guys. And with Mac Jones down and out for the foreseeable future... It's just not going to happen. And we need to accept reality as it has changed right before our eyes that the New England Patriots are an irrelevant team or trending in that direction. There are seven teams from the American Football Conference that will make the playoffs. We can pencil in the Bills. We can pencil in the Chiefs. And the rest is kind of whatever. Ravens are pretty hot this year. Let's throw them into that mix. Someone's going to come out of the South, whether it's the Colts or the Jags, and I would expect the other to get a wild card spot. Bengals should be a playoff team. Dolphins, they're 3-1 and one this year. They just had their first loss. Easily could have won that game last night, you know, if they had a healthy tour or, you know, didn't turn the ball over so much. Chargers are dinged up, but they, they still have a chance. Broncos still have a chance. All these teams in the American Football Conference have a chance. But you and the Texans. But you. It's it's going to be tough, guys. It's really going to be tough. It's mind-blowing that people still think the Patriots. And I hope I, sw- I hope I get these words thrown back at me. I really, really do. I hope people can sit here, tweet at me, come into the shop, message me, yell at me, drop you know furious comments down and say, told you so, told you so, told you Bill was going to figure it out, told you the play, uh, Patriots were a playoff team. They, said, yeah, they didn't win the division, but they still played well. They still scraped 10, 11 wins. I hope I get that all thrown into my face. You tell me where they're winning 10 games. Tell me where they're winning 10 games. Let's just consider these coin flip games wins. They're losing against the Packers. That's one and three. Let's give you the Lions win. That's two and three. I'll give you the Browns. That's three and three. I'll give you the Bears four and three. I'll give you the the, the Jets five and three. I'll give you the Colts six and three. I'll give you the Jets again, seven and three. Vikings eight and three. 
Buffalo eight and four, Cardinals nine and four, Vegas ten and four. Sure, Bengals. I'm gonna count that as a loss. Ten and five, Miami. I don't know. Let's just say you win eleven and five, Buffalo. Eleven and six, right? Yeah, eleven and six. But do you see that happening though? Do you see that honestly happening? Because if Mac Jones is out for the next few weeks, however long, maybe a couple months, whatever it is, do you see Brian Hoyer leading this Patriots team to a win against the Lions, Browns, Bears, Jets, uh, Colts, Jets, Vikings, to seven straight wins? Do you see, even if Mac Jones is the quarterback, do you see them winning seven straight games? Because they're going to lose both of those games against Buffalo. They're probably going to lose against Cincinnati. They could lose against the Dolphins. Maybe if the Raiders catch some heat, they could lose to them. I give you every coin flip game. And you're not going to win them all. You're not going to win every coin flip game. You're going to drop a game against the Browns. You may pick a game up against the, the Vikings. But you're going to drop more games than you're going to pick up. And people cannot accept the fact that the Patriots are not, they're not that no more. Bill Belichick can't go out and win you games anymore like he could. If Brady was struggling, the offense was struggling, going against a good opposing defense, back then, Bill Belichick could coach up the team and win you that game. One way or the other, whether it's from special teams, playing smart, kicking a field goal, and maybe you might want to go for, you know, go for it on fourth and two. Nope, let's just take the points. We'll, we'll need them later. Bill Belichick, I'm constantly told that Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of all time, and I want to believe that. As a New England Patriot fan, I want to believe that. I want to think that my coach for the last 20-something years is the greatest coach of all time, that I lived in the era of the greatest coach, the greatest quarterback, and the greatest dynasty that the sport has ever seen. But when Tom Brady moved on, he went on to go win a Super Bowl, he went on to come up short in a game that he trailed 27-3 against the, the future Super Bowl champions in the Los Angeles Rams. 27-3, and the guy came back. But his defense failed him. Bill Belichick is a sub-500 coach without Tom Brady. That's just a fact. That's going to his Cleveland days. That's going to the Matt Castle year. And that's even going to the Cam Newton in this year plus with Mac Jones. sub 500 coach. You want me to get you the record? I'll gladly. Bill Belichick coaching record without Brady. You guys aren't going to like this. You're not going to like this. How when is this article from? It was from last year. I need this year. I need numbers. I need current numbers. Yeah, give me a second. I'm finding them. Okay, so this is as of September 12th. So this does not include the most recent. Uh, the 12th was a Monday. So this doesn't include a win and it does not include a loss. Okay, so I'll just add them on. Bill Belichick is now 72 and 81 in 153 career regular season games coached with someone other than Tom Brady as a starting quarterback. 72 and 81. 
Now, yes, he did go 11-5 with Matt Castle as his quarterback in 2008, but look at that roster around him at the time. Then again, you didn't have 13, 14 teams in the conference who are arguably playoff teams. Let's just go take a look at that 2008 AFC uh, playoff teams. It's pretty ugly, guys. It is pretty, pretty ugly. AFC. Tennessee Titans at 13 and 3. The Pittsburgh Steelers at 12 and 4. Dolphins at 11 and 5. Chargers at 8 and 8. The Colts at 12 and 4. And the Ravens at 11 and 5. The Dolphins and the Ravens got into the playoffs, and you did not because they had a conference winning percentage better than the New England Patriots that year. The Jets were 9 and 7. Texans were 8 and 8. There's so much mediocrity. The Broncos were 8 and 8. The Bills were 7 and 9. All those bad teams were 5-11, and 4-11, whatever, whatever, whatever. There was, you know, the Steelers led by Big Ben in 2008. The Colts led by Peyton Manning in 2008. Some decent teams then. Nowhere near what it is like now. Where you have, let's see, Kansas City Chiefs now have Patrick Mahomes. The Cleveland Browns now have like Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Cooper, Deshaun Watson. Bengals now have Burrow and Chase. Jags have Trevor Lawrence. Like, I couldn't even name you the quarterbacks on some of these teams back then. The Raiders have Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, Derek Carr, the Bills, Josh Allen, Diggs, that whole defense. Like, there's so many good players on all these teams now. Whereas, if you were mediocre and you were able to scrape, or maybe not in 2008, but if you're able to scrape a 10 and 7 like you did last year, you can get into the playoffs. That's not getting you into the playoffs. The point that I'm trying to make here is people tell me that Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of all time. And I want to believe that. That he can coach up a defense, he can coach up the offense, and he can patchwork it for a couple of weeks if he has to. If you were able to let Tom Brady go because you, from Bill Belichick's perspective now, you let Tom Brady go because you didn't want to pay him and you didn't think you needed him and you wanted to win with somebody else. Well, now is your damn chance. You got to the playoffs last year with a rookie quarterback in Mac Jones. That was a great first step towards doing that. No one expected you to win the Super Bowl last year. No one did. With a rookie quarterback and a lot of new players, no one expected you to do it. So you took that first giant step. Make the playoffs. Get a taste of the experience. Okay? Step two. Win a game or two in the playoffs. Maybe make the conference title game. Step three, you get there and you win it. Okay? I liked last year's first step. Get to the playoffs. Okay, I didn't like the outcome of the game, but whatever. That's besides the point. If you can win with anybody, whether it's a first-round quarterback in Mac Jones, a second-round pick in Jimmy Garoppolo that Bill wanted to do, a third-round pick in Jacoby Brissett, which I'm sure Bill wouldn't have minded either, Matt Castle in the 11-5 year. And now Brian Hoyer, who's going to be your starting quarterback for arguably the next couple of weeks, month maybe, who knows. But if you're not able to do that, then are you actually the greatest of all time? Because if we want to sit here and point to Bill for leading six Super Bowl championship teams, and go into all the... Well, actually, he has more rings from you know his other coaching days. But let's just talk Patriots, right? Well, he was gifted 
a good defense when he took over in 2000 and right 2000 when he took over the team he was gifted a good defense he brought in the likes of Randy Moss Wes Welker he brought in but Wes Welker wasn't that good at the time Wes Welker turned out to be a great player Tom Brady let's just call it as it is Tom Brady was a great player turned into a great player I want to think that the dynasty was 50-50 Brady and Bill. I want to think that. I could make that argument. Brady left. He won a Super Bowl year one. You didn't have... You had Cam Newton two years ago. You didn't make the playoffs. You drafted a first-round quarterback. You lost in the first round. There is the progress. Now, what are we doing now? We're going backwards. No one's fault that Mac Jones got hurt except the offensive line. But what I'm trying to say is... You couldn't win before you had Tom Brady. You couldn't win with Matt Castle. You wanted to try to win with Jimmy Garoppolo. You didn't win with Mac Jones. So now go out and win Brian Hoyer. You've had every type of quarterback. Oh, and Cam Newton too. You've had every type of quarterback before and after Tom Brady. And you're a sub-500 coach? Does not look good. It does not look good. I think that these next few weeks, for however long Brian Hoyer is the starting quarterback, is going to be detrimental for the Patriots, for the Bill Belichick, and his possible future as the head coach of the New England Patriots. Not going to say he's going to get fired if the team goes one and six. Not we're not going to say here or yeah one and six. Not going to say that. But it does not look good especially if the quarterback doesn't matter. I don't need Brady. I'll win with Castle. I'll win with Garoppolo. I'll win with Cam Newton. I'll win with Mac Jones. Now I'm forced to win Brian Hoyer. Sure, but you got to go do it. You have to go do it because Brady did it. Brady won without you. He already proved it. But can you win without Brady? And so far the answer is no because you were gifted a good defense You had Tom Brady step in on a freak accident. It's not like you strategically chose to start him. It's not like you thought in your heart and soul that Brady was better than Drew Bledsoe. So I'm going to start Tom Brady. Nope. You were forced to put him in. You were forced to play him because of a freak injury to Drew Bledsoe. I'll give you credit. You decided to stick with uh, Tom Brady once Bledsoe got healthy. I'll give you the credit there. Sure. But you came up short in several several times. You couldn't stop the Giants twice. You couldn't stop the Eagles. And you sat Malcolm Butler for what? Listen, all that day by day, we're on to Cincinnati nonsense is good when you're winning. But now that you're losing, you need to explain yourself. You need to give us answers. Why do we suck? Why couldn't you stop them there? Don't tell me it's a process. Don't tell me we're going through a process. We need answers. And so far, we're not getting anything except losses to the Dolphins, who a lot of people projected the Patriots should should have won that game. The Steelers, like how impressive is that win? Is How impressive will that win actually be? The Ravens, you couldn't stop, who you're historically known for stopping the team's best weapon. Whether it's a scrambling quarterback, a tight end, a receiver, or a running back. Couldn't. 
Couldn't stop him. So let's see you go out there and actually be the greatest coach of all time that you are, or that what I'm told you are. Because honestly, if the quarterback doesn't matter, then I'm going to start looking at what happened over the uh, previous 20 years and think that it was the inheritance defense that you got for the first dynasty in Brady. I want to think that Bill Belichick's a great coach. I want to believe that he can figure this out. That he's going to be able to scrape up some wins against the Lions and the Browns and the Bears and the Jets twice and the Colts and then Monday, uh, Thursday night against the Vikings. I want to believe in all of that. I'm sitting here in my office in my studio at Murph's Cartown Sports Shop and I'm sitting here saying if Bill Belichick for however long Mac Jones is out for, cannot go 500, we're doomed. Because come the offseason, Robert Kraft's going to have to sit there and really think about the future of this team. He's already put the team and Bill Belichick on the hot seat on blast. We haven't had a playoff win since we won the Super Bowl in 2018. You lost in the first round to the Titans in 2019. You didn't make the playoffs in 2020, and you got blown out in the first round in 2021. What's next? What is next? The Patriots have become an irrelevant team in this hobby. In this hobby. Wow, I just had an email that popped up about sports cards. And I was like, ooh, hobby. (laughs) Ooh, hobby. No, no, no. The New England Patriots have become irrelevant in the sport. People are talking about the Dolphins more, the Jaguars more, the Chiefs more. The Browns more, whether it's for good or bad. The Broncos more, the Ravens more, the Bills more, the Bengals more. The Colts they're talking about more. They're talking about the Jets more, the Steelers more, the Chargers more, and the Raiders. That's pathetic. That is absolutely pathetic. It is so sad. It really is. It is disgraceful. It is sad. It's upsetting. WTF. So this coming game against the the Packers on Sunday, I'm just going to chalk it up as a loss. But what are we going to do for the next month? Even when Mac Jones comes back, what are we going to do? How are we going to write the ship? I'll be beyond interested. I'll be beyond interested. But I can't play the game. You can't play the game. I know I kind of went on a gigantic rant over the last, what, 30 minutes? But you guys see how passionate I am about this and how serious this kind of conversation and this topic is? At the end of the season, we see the Patriots 4-13. and 13? What are we going to think of them? Even if they do scrape 7-10, and 10, what are we going to think? Let's just say they go 9-8. and whoop de freaking do What does that mean? I'm going to leave it on that note. I, I know it's kind of a dramatic way to cut off the episode. But, I mean, what more can I say without getting more frustrated? I cannot wait to see what this team looks like in two weeks, whether it's Mac Jones or Brian Hoyer. And, again, I hope that I get all this thrown into my face. I told you Bill was going to figure it out. Look, you rattle off four straight wins. Oh, you beat the da-da-da-da. Great, you beat the Jets, you beat the Bears, you beat the Browns, and you beat the Lions. whoop de doo Wow. Go play a real team like Buffalo. 
Tell me how you do then. <sighs> All right. I got that off of my chest. I, whew. All right. I feel, I feel good. I'm ready for the day now. All right. Well, I appreciate you guys listening to this episode, episode number 161 of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. I really appreciate you guys downloading, listening, and enjoying on all audio platforms. I really appreciate you guys if you're watching this on YouTube. Thank you so much for clicking on the video. Please make sure you smash the thumbs up button, comment down below, and please consider hitting that giant red subscribe button. So I greatly appreciate the love and support. Reach out to me on social media at Murph's Cartown. I cannot wait to read and reply to any social media interactions, any comments, any tags, anything of the sorts, because we had a serious conversation today. We did. Whether it was, Tua was a serious conversation, but serious, looking at your like soul-searching conversation today about the Patriots. And I can't wait to hear your thoughts and your opinions about it as well, but like I said, that's going to do it. Fall is here officially. The weather is cold and I hate it. Hopefully you enjoy your weekend. It's supposed to rain a little bit, but it's going to be in the 50s. So, But I'll see you guys in the next episode. But between now and then, you guys know that I love you. And I will always, always see you.